0: Higher, higher, than the highest. You are greater, greater than so the greatest. You are bigger, bigger than the biggest. You are stronger, stronger than the strongest. You are higher, higher than the highest. You are greater, greater than the greatest. a mighty clap of praise oh let's do it better to jesus let's celebrate jesus make your clap better hallelujah 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 we give you praise we give you worship we give you all the honor we give you all the adoration thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you lord hallelujah whilst we are still standing those are the back can you come forward a little bit for me please come forward a bit yeah so that those who come late can sit at the back awesome thank you thank you thank you thank you perfect god bless you please be seated i have so much for us to Discuss, so I want us to go straight into the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you this evening for this privilege and this opportunity to be in your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you are always in our midst anytime we meet. I ask the Lord you will touch my lips, and I pray the Lord you will touch our hearts. Bless us, let us never be the same again. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right. Raise the volume of the keyboard just a little. Raise it just a little. I don't play a song, they can sing. Yeah. Awesome. Is there something being recorded? Are they doing the recording? It's recording on. Okay. Great. Okay. So, I said that today um, we're going to start our series on spiritual warfare. And so, we move on from there. There are people who think that this whole thing about spiritual warfare, after all, may not be very necessary, but it's a very, very important topic, and as we go along, we will understand it. Um, my topic for this evening is understanding spiritual warfare. I'm basically doing For want of a better word, an introduction into the things we are going to be dealing with in the coming five weeks. In the third week of October, we are going to have a spiritual warfare conference. Amen. Oh, I thought you'd be happy. Uh, Ah, sorry. Uh, We're going to have our fasting and prayer, we are going to dub it spiritual warfare conference. Myself and Prophet Prince Osei, you know. We are going to be taking that week. It's going to be a very, very powerful week, um, Monday to Friday, and it's going to be something else. But in the New Testament, five times the word war or warfare is used. So about five times in the New Testament, the Bible makes reference to the word warfare or war let's quickly go over them first corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 and 5. first corinthians the screen people please you have to work with us very fast my screen here is off so if there is any way you can fix it for me i'll be happy so in first corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 the bible says for the weapons of our warfare are not canal the weapons of our warfare So the bible makes us understand that we are involved in a warfare but mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ so we see one mention of warfare in the new testament and I'm intentionally dealing with New Testament scriptures. Number two is 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. 1 Corinthians 9, 7. It says, who goeth a warfare any time on his own charges? So he's asking a question that who goes to war or who goes into a battle according from his own charges or who takes care of his own charges. Um, um, fighting accoutrement for example if you are a member of the ghana armed forces and you are going to fight um in lebanon or you are going for peacekeeping missions in lebanon there is no way that the un or the ghana armed forces will tell you that bring money let's go and buy you uniform you have to pay for your own um, gun you have to pay for your own bullets and all of that it doesn't happen so that's what basically the bible is talking about number three is first timothy chapter 1 and verse 18 first timothy one eighteen. it says this charge i commit unto thee son timothy according to the prophecies which went before on thee that thou by them mightest war a good warfare so paul was saying to timothy that you have received prophecies you have received a word from god and you are supposed to stand on those prophetic words you have received from god and make a good warfare so again we see another mention or another indication of a warfare which is to indicate that there is a battle people must be involved in number number four is it number four three number four okay 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. It says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. So he's making it plain to us that when you are at war, you don't entangle yourself in civilian matters. Again, indicating to us as Christians that we can't live normally like other people because we are at war somebody say we are at war all right number five james i'm it's like i'm rushing but because i want us to get somewhere james chapter 4 verse 1 says from whence comes wars and fighting among you all right so He's talking about where is the wars and the fighting coming from amongst us. And then, even though I said five, let me add one more to make it six. (laughs) 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. It says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul so Peter was saying that we are strangers and pilgrims on this earth and there is something that is warring that is at war against our soul and which he calls them fleshly lust so all these scriptures in the new testament points to the fact that warfare is not a strange thing in Christianity. Now, the reason why I focused on the New Testament is because there are people who think that the concept of warfare is an Old Testament thing. But when you read the Old Testament carefully, you will notice that there is a combination of two things. In those days, the nation's went for physical warfare. So, you will see the conquest of the children of Israel. When they moved from the land of Egypt into the promised land, there were battles they were engaging. How that they fought the, the king of Sion? They fought this one. They will conquer the Amalekites. They will fight this one. And these were physical battles. Is somebody understanding what I'm talking about? However, there were times also where you see supernatural activation of certain battles but because of time i will move on and maybe with time i will get into some of those those things but this is just for us to understand that the concept of spiritual warfare is not an old testament thing in the new testament and we'll see certain parts in the bible where jesus made allusion to the fact that we are at war and this is very very important Alright, so let's look at the origin of spiritual warfare and where this whole thing started from. I'm going to give you three powerful historical contexts from scripture. So we are going to derive this whole thing because if God is the one who created heaven and earth and God is a God of peace, at what point did we get into all these things? It's important we know them is somebody here with me tonight yeah it's very very important to know them um you know some theologians believe that some of the scriptures we are going to talk about are pre-adamic occurrences don't worry too much with some of the terms i'll use but pre-adamic simply means that it predates the creation of the world Before Adam and Eve were created. Yes, it's true. But that's not our focus for tonight. That's not our focus for tonight. We want to establish the fact of where these whole whole things have come from. At what point did we get involved? Because sometimes um, when you have the concept of God as being a God of peace, a God of love, and everything ah why should somebody be praying and always we are binding and we are chasing our demons we are casting our devils and it's like there is an enemy out there it's like we are fighting some things here and like um, paul said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers at what point did we get here at? what what happened is it what god created god created the world no and then one no he created war boom we are at war. Ukraine Russia. No. So let's look at where we have come from up to this point. Are you learning some Bible this evening? Yes. Oh, church. Are you learning some Bible this evening? Yes. Alright. Ezekiel 28, verse 14. Let's start from Ezekiel chapter 28. From verse 14. Can you put it on the screen? Alright. It says... Now, most of the scriptures I'm going to use, I'm going to be using the King James Version. The reason why I'm using the King James Version is because the King James Version is the closest interpretation to the original manuscript. Now, it's important you understand the Bible was not written in English, the Bible, the Old Testament, was written in Hebrew, the New Testament was written in Greek, and then it was translated. Now, when it was translated, the, some of the versions we see today, there are several versions of the Bible. But some of those versions, um, are, by the time you compare them to the original translation, you see quite some variations in there. But theologians believe that the closest, the closest to the original language from which it was translated is the King James Version. So even though sometimes reading King James can be difficult because you, when you read, you see the, the, um, and all those things, it gives you the original idea uh, better than the other ones. Is that okay? That is not to say that the other ones are inferior, but the King James Version is the acceptable one closest to the original translation. So let's go on. In verse 14 of Ezekiel 28, it says... Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created, that is, the devil was created this scripture is referring to satan lucifer all right and he's saying that you were the anointed cherub that covered and i've set thee so i made you like that thou was upon the holy mountain of god thou walkest up and down in the midst of the stones of fire and then in verse 15 he says that thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created so devil the devil was created and he was created as a perfect being in fact he was not created as devil he was created as a cherub a cherub is simply an angel alright so he was created as an anointed angel that covered it and he was not a devil at this point he was lucifer now it says till iniquity was found in thee you were perfect from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you verse 16 By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence. And thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. Because of your sins, you will be cast out of God's territory. Are you following me? Are you following me, church? All right. It says, I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire verse 17 thine heart was lifted up now he's telling us why or the iniquity that was found in him so he's saying in verse 17 thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty so i I believe you heard the stories about how the devil was created so beautiful and he was so glorious and all of that so the bible is telling us where the problem started from his heart was lifted up and that is why as a christian one of the dangerous sins that a christian can indulge in is a sin of pride pride would destroy in fact the bible says that pride goes before a fall anytime you see pride entering your life anytime you feel like you are so different and you know i always tell people anytime people start saying that as for me i'm not proud it is the first sign that you are very proud Oh, as for me, I'm a very humble person. As for me, I'm a very, very understanding person. Who, who, who gave you that idea of yourself? It's a sign that you are a proud person. Humble people don't go around telling people, "I'm very humble." It is people who say that. Ah, this person is a humble person. I've never heard Archbishop say that I'm very humble, but one of the testaments people say about him, people close to him, people afar off, is that the man is so humble and down to earth. You can't be walking around telling people, as for me, I'm down to earth. As for me, I'm simple. As for me, I'm not proud. You are proud. (laughs) Amen? So he says, because of thy beauty, thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground and lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Time will not permit me. I have too much too much to say, but taking Ezekiel 28 alone from verse 14 to verse 19, it's a whole system. We could talk about it the whole night in trying to explain them. But I trust that the Holy Ghost will give you understanding as we go along. Somebody say amen. amen. Verse 18. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities. By the iniquity of thy traffic. Traffic like a here. Therefore, I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee. And I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth. In the sight of all them that behold thee. Verse 19. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. That thou shalt be a terror and never shall be anymore. And never shall thou be anymore. Amen. So let me just summarize it. So in this whole scripture, we see the Bible, or we see God talk about the make of Lucifer. He was a cherub. One of these is we'll talk about angels, but. There are different types of angels. He was called the anointed cherub. The Bible talks about his beauty and his brightness. Man was made out of clay. Dust. But angels were not made out of clay. Angels, maybe for want of a better description, they were made out of elements that are like light. So anytime the Bible talks about angels, it talks about brightness. You and I, even, Uibo, even uh, my sister Jessica, when you see her brightness cry, it cannot be compared to the brightness of the light. Is somebody understanding what I'm talking about? That is just to give you an idea of something. So, the devil, first of all, understand that he was created, he didn't make himself, he was created. His heart was lifted up because of his beauty and that was the beginning of the problem. This led him to lose his position. This led him to lose his position where he now talks about he will cast him down and people will be astonished when they see him and so on and so forth. So, let's go further to establish some of the things that have been said that, that we've wrote about in Ezekiel. Do you understand what I'm teaching so far? <laughs> Hello? Are we together? All right. I'm trying very hard not to be complex at all. So, Ezekiel is telling us that his heart was lifted. But you will see in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah is going to give us more details of what it means that by his heart was lifted up. Now, as we go through some of these scriptures, it is also a good time for you to also reflect. Huh? We are not Lucifer and we are not the devil. However, his traits can be found in man so there are people who have been brought down because of pride there are people who were made but when God begins to lift you up, suddenly you begin to feel like you were you were not made there are people who have received help and suddenly when they become independent in life, they begin to feel like after all, I am my own man the truth of the matter is that nobody is your own man nobody is your own woman you are a product of help. Oh, I, I said, you are a product of help. God has helped you. There are people who have helped you. And the more humble we remain, the more help we are going to receive in life. May God continue to help us in the name of Jesus Christ. If you are here with me, clap your hands and say a big amen. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 14. And let's read from verse 12. Isaiah chapter 14, reading from verse 12. Alright, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Son of the morning, How art thou cut down to the ground? Which didst weaken the nations? Verse 13, For thou said in thine heart, so ezekiel says your heart was lifted up you remember but isaiah is now telling us exactly what happened in his heart thou hast said in thine heart and please be careful the things you say in your heart sometimes you don't need to say them with your mouth when it is in your heart it will manifest you said in your heart I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And in this context, when you see the stars of God, it's referring to angelic beings. It's referring to angels. And then it says, I will sit upon the mount of the congregation and in the sights of the north. Verse 14, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. I call them the five i wills. If you find any of these i wills in your heart, you're on the way to destruction. If you find any of these i wills in your heart, I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation. I will above, above the, I will ab- ascend above the height of the clouds. I will be like the most high. May God deliver us in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, let me hear you say a better amen. Lift up your hand and say, Lord, deliver me from this I will. Hallelujah. In verse 15, it says, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit verse 16 they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee saying is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake the kingdoms so we are getting somewhere now let me let me put this thing in context let me mention this thing before I continue when you see it's like you will expect to see some of these things about the fall of Lucifer, maybe in Genesis. Then it will make you feel like the Bible is sequential like that. But that is wrong. Bible theologians and historians make us understand that the first manuscripts of Scripture compiled, or the first Scripture to be written, is not the book of Genesis. The first book compiled is the book of job the book of job is said to be the oldest book (laughs) am i confusing you so there is something we call the canonization of scripture in the canonization of scripture there are so many writings that in compiling the scriptures they found so many writings, so many writings. That is why um, they have the book of the Apocrypha. Uh, if you've heard of it before. And then some people will say, oh, there is something, the Bible we are reading, it is not all. There is other secret ones. Have you heard some of those things before? There are other secret ones. Please, there are no secret ones. Some will say, oh, there is a, what we call the sixth and seventh book of Moses. And so on and so forth. Now, when all the writings and manuscripts... Were guided. people inspired by god and people who god spoke to so like the book of first peter will tell us that all scripture is by inspiration of god and holy men did right as they were led have you come across that scripture before all right this is a division i want you to understand something now so in doing the compilation get what we now have as the 66 books, which in theology is called the canonized scripture. These are the accepted books of the Bible. There are some writings that they couldn't consider as scripture because every scripture must point to God and must have certain qualities to make up what it has to be and so anything that was not added here because god didn't want it to be here so don't let anybody deceive you that there is oh there are some secret scriptures and bible somewhere those ones are the powerful ones those ones are not the powerful ones they are not part of it tell somebody they are not part of it please are you understand what i'm talking about tonight if you are here with me wave your, wave your hand at me Amen. Are we together so far? Are you confused about anything so far? If you are, raise your hand. Let me see. All right. I want you to understand, so I'm taking my time, so that we can understand it. All right. So let's go on. So in Isaiah, we see the details of the conduct that the removal of Lucifer from his original position. We see the details. We need to understand that pride is something that cannot survive in the presence of God. God is sovereign. The Bible says his glory he shares with no man. God will share his glory with no man. In verse 15, the, 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 the devil's position was determined. So he says that your place shall be in hell. Hmm? please understand from today hell was not created for man hell was not created for man tell somebody sitting next to you hell was not created for you don't let anybody deceive you god did not create hell for man hell was made for the devil and his demons and then those who align with him by rejecting jesus will find their place with the devil because in this world there is no neutral zone and very soon we'll be coming there There there's no neutral zone and that is why as a people we must do everything in our power to make sure that we save souls that our relatives must not go to hell because it is not a place meant for them you must do everything and make sure that you don't end up in hell Because you were not made for hell. You were made to be with God. Because we came from God and we must be with him. If you are here with me, wave your hand and say Amen. Amen. Alright. So, let's take this very, very serious. I said I was giving you three scriptures. I'm going to the third one quickly. So, we've now seen Lucifer's issues, what happened to him and how this whole thing started. So, how did the earth get involved in all this? And how did we get involved in all this? Okay, we Oh. And Alright. So how did this whole thing come out? So let's go to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. And verse 7 verse seven the bible says and there was war in heaven say with me say there was war in heaven all right do you understand this context of there was war in heaven Do, do you understand it now so how did it start oh somebody tell me how did it start How did the war start in heaven? i have just moved you from into that place. Yes. From Lucifer's disobedience, his pride and all of that. Then, now there was tension started. Do you understand where we are coming from? Alright. We are building a point. So please, let's follow it. So at this point, we started by looking at how that Lucifer fell foul to the rules or to what it's supposed to be and then exactly what they did and then now, Revelation is telling us that there was war in heaven and there was war in heaven because of this same opener so, let me continue Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels now, I've heard people say that you know god fought the devil and god drove satan out of heaven that's a lie it is not written anywhere that god fought satan when you say two people are fighting it means that they probably have some level of equality the devil is not the opposite of god the opposite of god is not satan they are not apart in any way are you understand what I'm talking about? So, God has never fought Satan, and God will never fight him <laughs> because they are not equals. It was Michael, one of the angels, who, together with the angels, fought against Satan. They fought him. And then the devil, we will get there. Verse 8, he says, and so he says that fought against uh, the dragon, using um, the name dragon is one of the names of the devil. There are several names of the devil. He's called he's called um, devil, Satan. He's called um, accuser. He's called deceiver. He's called um, father of lies. So many names. So many names. The last time I checked, he has about 50 names. Mm-hmm. So when your names are too many, it means that you too Saniohe it's like you meet somebody and they have about, you know there are people who have about 10 phone numbers when you see somebody who has about so plenty numbers, what comes to your mind? huh? is a fraudster uh, I didn't say it but <laughs> you meet somebody, the person have 5 MTN numbers they have 5 Tigo numbers 5 Vodafone numbers why? what do you want? hmm Alright. So the Bible says that and he prevailed on. So the dragon did not prevail. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. So it means that before their place was in heaven. But this time it says neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out. The old serpent that called the devil and Satan which deceived the whole world he was cast into the earth. He was cast where, into where? Earth. Talk to me, Jack. He was cast where? Earth. The earth. And his angels were cast out with him. We'll come back to this. Verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. Verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Verse 12. Verse 12. And look at verse 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. War to the inhabitants of. Talk to me, church. War to the inhabitants of the. And of the. Because. Huh? Opana is coming. For the devil is come down unto you. He says, Woe unto you, because the troublemaker has been cast down to the earth. He says, You see, you read earlier, he says that, and his place was no more found in heaven. It means that before then, his place was limited to the heavens. But now, because he was cast down, the Bible says that his place was no more found in heaven. And now he says that rejoice all of heavens and everyone who is in heaven. Rejoice. We are back to our original state. Peace. But to those of you who are on earth, woe unto you. Why? Because the devil has come down. And listen to what he says. Having great wrath, he is coming with great anger. He's coming with great anger because he knows that he has but a short time. He knows that he's coming to the earth but he will not live on earth forever. There will be a time when he will be judged permanently. So he's coming with anger to come and cause havoc. What he wanted to do in heaven that he was not permitted, he has come down and he's coming angry. He's coming to scatter And that is why john chapter 10 verse 10 says the thief come not but to steal to kill and to destroy he's come down for an agenda he's coming to kill he's coming to steal he's coming to destroy but thank god in the verse 11 he says that and overcame him by the blood of the lamb hey the devil is a liar he may come with anger but we thank god we have the blood of jesus christ on our side oh i I i said He's coming with anger, but we have the blood of Jesus on our side. Somebody clap your hands and say, the blood is on my side. Amen? Amen. Oh, I said amen. Amen. Look at Jude chapter 1 verse 9. This is the second time that Satan was involved in a fight. But this time again, Michael the archangel. Jude chapter 1 verse 9, it says, Yet, Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Brass not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. So, this time about, when Moses died, the Bible says that Satan wanted to take the body of Moses. And time will not permit me to get into that. I have so many things. I need to finish it tonight. Because if not next week, it will be difficult. You know. But, in this context, when he wanted to take the body of Moses, again, Michael the archangel appeared. And said, no way, you can't have him and then there was another struggle this time again god did not get involved it was the angel michael who got involved and dealt with satan and anytime michael the archangel appeared the devil has always been on the losing side hear me child of god the devil is already on the losing side oh i said he's already on the losing side because god is on our side Isn't an amen you said? I said because God is on your side. I don't know what what demon, I don't know what devil is after your life, but I came to let you know that with God on your side, you are more than a conqueror. Come on, somebody clap your hands and shout that amen again. Now, you see, the verse 12 we read. It talks about the fact that the devil came on earth and he was, came with a lot of anger, blah, blah, blah. I've always made the statement that the devil hates God and the devil hates the people of God. The reason is because when he sinned, there was no repentance for him. He was cast down. When Adam sinned, when he deceived Adam and Adam sinned. Then God comes on the scene and Adam says, God, I'm naked. And guess what God did? Adam, what are you covering yourself with? He said, fig leaves. God said, no. And a lamb was killed and the skin was used to cover Adam's nakedness. The leaves represented something temporal and inferior. But the lamb was slain and the cover or the skin of the lamb was used to cover Adam. At that point, even though it was an inferior blood of a physical lamb, but guess what? The lamb, the blood of that lamb was shed so that Adam's sins could be covered and Adam could have his relationship with God back. Meanwhile, when the devil sinned, there was no repentance for him so from that time from the one the devil have been angry what is man like the psalmist said what is man that you are mindful of him and the sound of man that you visit him man that you have made a little lower than angels i think it's in psalm 8. you have made him a little lower than angels i mean meaning that angels are higher you made man out of common dust but the angels were made out of precious whatever it is so how come that you will give man a second chance and give man dominion over the earth you've cast me down to the earth and yet you've given the dominion of the earth to man no way so from the one the devil has been angry some of you you sit back and say "Eh, i'm angry with god he did not give me a car he did not give me a job and i'm not i don't have a wife i don't have a husband so i'm angry with god please if you know what god had to do for you by making you who he is whether you have money in your pocket or not you will rejoice and give god all the praise am i talking to somebody tonight so anytime you become ungrateful god gets so surprised the angels are surprised are these not the same people they see you've seen more than a hundred times yet ah now he's even graduated you from the blood of goats from the blood of animals in the case of adam that was the first time God showed us a type of what Jesus would do. Where was the lamb that was slain? Who slain the lamb? We don't know how the lamb was slain. That's why the Bible says that the lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the earth. My goodness. And so with all of these things, how do you reduce God to a job he didn't give you? How? How? Ask somebody how? How, how? you reduce god to a husband you don't have yet how do you reduce god to simple elements like that he's bigger than all those things i said he's bigger than all those things lift up your hand and say thank you jesus somebody blessed tonight give jesus a mighty clap of praise amen in revelations again we see a new description of lucifer in verse 9. go to verse 9 let me show you something we see a description of him lucifer he is called the great dragon the old serpent the devil he's called satan so we begin to see that he has many sides he has many sides The name Satan, the name Satan. Hello? Are we together please? All right. Today I'm just laying foundation. I'm doing an introduction. Is it going well so far? All right. The name Satan is mentioned 15 times in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament it's mentioned 15 times. In the new testament the name satan is mentioned 34 times now the bible says that at the mouth of two or three witnesses a matter is established nothing in the bible qualifies to be a doctrine if it has not appeared more than two times it can be mentioned at least three times else it doesn't qualify to be a doctrine is that okay yeah when when something happens only once in scripture You don't make a doctrine out of it. You don't make a doctrine out of it. So Jesus spat on the earth, made clay, anointed somebody's eyes. You don't make a doctrine out of spitting. So I'm going to teach on the doctrine of spitting. Then you two mix clay, touch people's eyes. No, it's not like that. Is somebody understanding what I'm talking about? All right. Okay. So the name devil is also mentioned 57 times in the New Testament. And I'm, I'm not doing apologetics, but I am basing a lot of the things I'm saying also from the New Testament. Because people have this concept that, oh, casting out of devils is not necessary. You know, there are no demons. Don't deal with all those things. Please, when, when I say something, what you should do is that hold me to scripture. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? No preacher man should give you an opinion of what I think. These are serious matters. It should be what the Bible says. If somebody understand what I'm talking about. And if time permits me, I will show you the number of times that Jesus dealt with demons. In fact, in the ministry of Jesus, in the whole Bible, in the whole of the New Testament, Jesus cast out demons more than any other person jesus's ministry he cast out demons so if you want anybody in the new testament who cast out demons come out unclean spirit come out fast spirit come out if you want anybody who did more of that it's not peter it's not paul it's not james it's not any of the disciples it's jesus is <laughs> somebody understanding what i'm talking about all right and if casting out of demons were not necessary and if the mention the devil and knowing the activities of the devil is not necessary jesus wouldn't have gone that path now the word satan comes from the hebrew word has hmm, hasatan or it is h-a-s-a-t-a-n whether it's hashtan or whatever but it's something i've given you there something and it means adversary. This is the meaning, the, the direct meaning of, the, of that word is adversary, enemy, or opponent. So when we say Satan, what it means is that the adversary is an enemy or an opponent. That's the meaning of his name. Just like when you mention certain names, you mention a name like Charles, it means it has a meaning. So when we are doing naming ceremony we ask you what is the meaning of the name you are giving to the child pastor james what's the meaning of your name james your your name what does it mean james huh compensation james what about the abbey (laughs) all right (laughs) so he's an adversary who is also an accuser he's an adversary who's also an accuser he's a slanderer he brings charges against us of things we've done and he's just trying to put us down every time with accusation that is why sometimes anytime you get into a mood and you have to pray and sometimes you come to god and you are worshipping then suddenly he will take your mind back he will take your mind back and remind you how last year Oh, some guy held your breasts. Aye, then immediately you drop from the spirit. Ah, oh, man, 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 Ah, man. Oh, man, I'm tired, man. Then suddenly he will take you back and remember, oh, how that you took that money. And when they asked you, you did not oh, lie me. The money, I've not even seen it. Then he will remind you, he's an accuser of the brethren. Hear me, child of God. If we say we have not sinned, we are liars. And truth is not in us. But thank God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. To forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Anytime the devil reminds you of your past, also remind him that his future is waiting for him. He will be cast down, he will be bound and put in hell forever and ever. If you are here with me, clap your hands and say a big amen. Don't let the devil bring any accusation against you. He's an accuser. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Tell somebody, the devil cannot accuse you again. Come on, look at the person and tell the person, the devil cannot accuse you again. And tell the person, you too, don't accuse people. Yeah. When you, you see, when you become an accuser, you are taking on the devil's assignment. You are doing the devil's job for him. And some people, when they are around you, you don't need the devil to be present. Because they will, they will be the accuser themselves. Hey, then, you've done this, and then last time you did this, and then last time you did this, Ow! no more accusation. Your sins are washed away. I said, your sins are washed away. Somebody shout and say, my sins are washed away. Hallelujah. He's an enemy who tries and seeks to harm us he's always seeking to harm people that's the devil for you you don't make this one your friend he's not your friend <laughs> and I've shown you that you don't need to you didn't do anything for him to hate you he came to the earth angry have you ever gone to the hospital and met an nurse before oh let me see if you have met one before my sister, I know you. You, you, are, no, you are a good nurse. <laughs> we have good nurses in this house. Yeah. Uh, but have you gone to the hospital and met an, an angry nurse before? Yeah. Ah, hey! There. Recently, somebody I know dearly lost. The wife was pregnant. And apparently, the doctor had told him that they had to operate on the wife because of certain things. The wife was in labor went to the hospital the doctor was not around met this nurse and then the husband said the doctor says that he must do a um, cs huh, on my wife then the nurse got angry i either want to show me my job i either want to show me my job the nurse was angry Insulted the guy the, the man is the pastor he said let us sit down so they took her into the room. Check. He said, "Why can't you deliver? Have you, don't you have children already?" The woman have two children already. By force, he said, oh "You can deliver. You can deliver. Put her in a room, and then they didn't call the doctor. It was doing their thing, doing their thing, doing their thing. Bottom line, the woman falls. By the time they realized that this thing, it can't work, they called the doctor. By the time the doctor came, the woman had died." the baby came out. The baby was suffocated. They tried to put oxygen on the baby. There was no oxygen, so they had to use a big one that they would use for the adults on the baby, and then the baby too died. So, the woman died, the baby died, because of an angriness. So, when I tell you that you don't have to do anything for the devil to fight you, I mean it. He came angry. May you never miss, meet an angriness in the name of Jesus Christ, yeah. And this person I'm talking about is one of our pastors, yeah, he's, he's a Perez pastor, you know. And next month, we are going to bury the pas- the wife, and the baby. Why? Because they met an angry nest. So that when, when I th- and probably this nurse was angry from Homo, maybe. The children angered her. Maybe the husband slapped her. Or something, anything but came. So the devil, Obad Michael, had before buff- buff- him. Hmm? Michael had beaten him from heaven. So he came on earth, angry. <laughs> no, we read it. Did you see it in the Bible? Yeah, he said he came with great wrath, knowing that his time is short. So he's a, you know, there's a story of this guy who went for a prayer meeting and people were praying. We bind this demon. We carry, we bind this demon. Then the guy went to stand somewhere. He said, <laughs> Listen, whether you pray against him or you don't pray against him, he's coming after you. That is why you have to stand in your position. And let the devil know that God is on your side. And tonight in the name of Jesus Christ, any attack of the devil against your life is broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, I said it is broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Come and clap your hands and shall break in the name of Jesus. So he's an opponent seeking ways to oppose you in everything you do. So the devil is an opponent. That is who he is. And all he's doing is to oppose you. He will oppose your children. He will oppose your marriage. Oppose your health. Oppose your business. Oppose your finances. Sometimes you can feel like. It's like something is pushing you back. Have you felt like that before? It's like you are trying to make some progress. But something is pushing you back. From tonight. Anything pushes you back. We curse that thing in the name of Jesus Christ. As a Christian. Be settled that the devil is not your friend. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3, it says for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We are at war. That is the bottom line. We are at war. There's a warfare going on. It's a war in the spirit. And you see, it is the spiritual things that determines the physical things. So it is either you are on the winning side or you are on the losing side. But thank God, as children of God, we are on the winning side. In fact, our victory was determined before we started the battle. Hallelujah. So, from our scriptures in Ezekiel, Isaiah, and Revelations, it's clear that Satan is not a mere force or an influence there are people who say Satan is a force it's an influence it's it's (laughs) it's an external influence it's not Satan is a personality and I'm getting into the third part of what I'm going to say please listen to this carefully I'll be closing in the next few minutes but Satan is not a force it's not an influence he's a personality somebody is a personality say it again. a personality so when we say somebody is a personality what we mean is that he's a person he's a person all this while we are dealing with somebody who has a name who has characteristics who has a will and decided to undertake a certain agenda and still is undertaking certain agendas hmm? god created him and gave him a free will and all of us what makes us unique from robots and machines is our free will you know in this world today human beings have developed to the point where we made robots when you go to the developed countries they are replacing human beings with robots so jobs that human beings are supposed to do now robotics have taken over at first when you are traveling and you get to certain airports at every stage you see people standing there checking your passport of course not in ghana but you see people standing at different different gates they will check your passport and stuff like that in the developed countries you probably may meet only one person maybe at the last point an immigration officer who asks you a question and then stamp your passport but all the other gates you deal with machines you get there they scan you you put your passport on the something then the door will open for you by itself then you go inside and so on and so forth there are places you get to you put your hand on something then it will scan it will bring out your um bio data <laughs> and all of that and then you move on I-, I hope you understand what i'm talking about but robots are not still human beings in fact the perversion of the world have gotten to the point where people now decide that they don't want to marry human beings because human beings are troublesome so now they've made doors images just like human beings in fact they've developed some to the point that they can talk yeah and they have sex with them so you see somebody coming from home you see a whole man coming from home and then he's carrying a, a big box what is inside his wife <laughs> going to buy the wife from the shop or going to buy a husband from the shop yeah so, and they've, they've developed to the point where they can now have conversations with them. And, and that's not so strange. You know, there is this machine, there's this small device, electronic device now called Alexa. How many of you know Alexa? All right. So, in most places where, if, if, now people use Alexa in Ghana. So, I could be here, and I could find a way to connect my phone to Alexa, and then give my, my, my give Alexa command. that Alexa, turn on the lights in the house. So, Alexa will turn on all the lights. It's a machine. Are you understanding? But what makes human beings different from all these robots and things are the fact that we have something we call whale. Whale. Somebody say whale. And the devil was created with a whale. So, he's a personality. When he was cast down, he came and possessed the heavy lease. Let me quickly share this with you can i take like 10 minutes of your time can i take like 10 minutes of your time so that i can round it up properly else when i leave it like this next week i have to come and do all this again all right so there are he came and possessed the heaviness there are three types of heavens or three classes of heavens there is one the atmospheric heaven that is the one in which we live the atmospheric heaven that is the space in which we are now it's an, the atmosphere that is where we are now then number two we have the cosmic heavens the cosmic heavens is where the constellations like the stars and the celestial bodies sky outer space and all of that that's where they are that's the second heavens and then we have the third heavens that is where god and his angels live amen so when he was cast down from the third heavens he came and lived in the atmospheric heavens and still has control or he lives in the cosmic heavens with control over the atmospheric heavens i hope you understand i'm not too. i'm not being too verbose huh are we okay all right so let me talk briefly on the origin of demons so far i've been talking about the devil i've been talking about satan quickly let me get into my closing by talking about the origin of demons because there is a distinction between the devil satan and demons i've just mentioned that the devil is a person has a personality maybe next week maybe we'll talk about the classification of demons so that we understand that they are not the same and sometimes Let let me just make this in passing. I may not get time next week, but demons—we have ranks of demons. So, when the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, give me that scripture quickly on the screen. Hurry up. It's um, Second Corinthians, huh? Is it? Ephesians story. Ephesians chapter six, verse four. 10 or something, thereabout, right? Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. All right. Uh, 12. All right. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So when we talk about principalities, principalities that are, are spirits in charge of cities. Nations, major territories, so when you read the book of Daniel Daniel chapter ten, it talks about the principality of Persia, so it, it is so there is a principality that rules over major cities and towns. Now, these spirits are in charge are assigned to personalities responsible for making decisions at high levels so when you are walking around there are demons that follow nari people principalities they go for the big ones the presidents that is why we have to be praying for our presidents and things like that that is why politicians can stand when they are campaigning and say that when i come i will do this i'll reduce fuel i'll do this one there will not be corruption they, they will say all the things they say freely they talk fine because things are not chasing them. The, things, the demons chasing them are small, small demons. They allow you to talk for free. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But once you sit on the big seats, there are principalities that are assigned to you. They don't follow ordinary people. I hope you understand what I'm talking about. And then it talks about powers. The powers are the ones, it's also a class under. Their principalities and they also influence certain levels of authority and people in authority and things like that and then it talks about rulers of darkness it is the rulers of darkness that are responsible for creating a lot of the mayhem and a lot of the nonsense we see in society this is to make people blindfold people and to make them you know live all sorts of lifestyle people cannot get saved and things like that rulers of darkness and then it talks about Spiritual wickedness in high places, and this is the lowest part. This is where witches belong. Witches. So, witches among the hierarchy of the, the something, witches are the lowest of them. So some are dealing with principalities. Most of us, say what we are dealing with is witches, <laughs> and they are the lowest part. Whatever it is that is trying to fight you, we bring them under your feet in Jesus' name. Alright, so I just wanted to clear that one. Now, so um what was I even saying? Yes, so the origin of demons. The origin of demons. Let's go to Revelation chapter twelve and verse three. Revelation chapter twelve and verse three quickly. Cha 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 the time. The Bible says, and there appeared one wonder in heaven, and behold, a great, dra- a great red da- dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tra- tail drew a third of the stars of heaven. When you see the word stars here, it's referring to angels. Now, let me make also this point. Most of the scriptures we are reading have historical antecedents and also have eschatological meanings. So what it means is that most of them deals with things that are in the past that have happened so it's historical eschatological in the sense that a lot of the scriptures too at the same time refers to things that will happen in the last days i hope you understand what i'm talking about so when you read the scriptures you must read it without balance but it talks about the fact that so the dragon who at this point we know that that's one of the names of the of satan is that okay he drew one-third of the stars referring to angels he drew them together with him when he was falling when he was cast down he did not come alone he drew one third of the angels and came down with them let's go to genesis chapter six i'm trying to cut down a number of things so that i can finish quickly quickly i'm almost i'm almost there i'm almost there genesis chapter six and verse one so when these angels came down what happened genesis six one and it came to pass When men began to multiply on the face of the earth, the daughters were were born unto them, verse 2, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, the sons of God. When you read the Bible, oh, one of these is we have to deal with angels because it will help you understand a number of things. There are different, different descriptions the Bible gives to angels. One of them is the stars of God, sons of God, you know, and things like that. There is also what we call... In theology, Christophany, so something like the angel of the Lord. It is not regularly seen in scripture. When you see the angel of the Lord, it is called a Christophany. A Christophany is the appearance of God before his existence or his coming on earth. So it is a, a, Jesus at different times appeared. So you see, for example, Joshua will say that um. He saw a man who drew his sword and he said as a captain of the lord's army blah 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 it is believed that that is a christophany that's jesus appearing before his real existence I, are you, I hope you understand what i'm trying to say all right so in this scripture he's saying that the sons of god saw the daughters of men and then you see the god there, the sons of god capital G, saw the daughters of men and they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose verse 3 and the lord said my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he also is flesh yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years verse four there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that when the sons of god came into the daughters of men and bare children to them so they became mighty men which were of old men of renown now That same scripture, this thing that they gave birth to, there is a name given to them. They are called Nephilims. But let me read it from the CEB. That is the current English Bible. The current English Bible. So let's read um, Genesis. No, read, uh, take me to the NIV. The verse 2. The verse 4. Take me to the verse 4. Take me to NIV. Let me see something quickly. 6 4. Yeah. Okay. The Nephilims. So you see in the King James it says that the giants, right? In the King James, he refers to them as the giants. Am I confusing you? All right. In the King James, he calls them the giants. In the NIV, he called them the Nephilims. The Nephilim, which were on the earth in those days. So that is another name given to them. But in the C E B, in the verse 2, he says that the divine beings saw how these beautiful women were. So, talking about the sons of God. So, in the CEB, he's given us better understanding that the sons of God that the King James says are divine beings. In other words, they are spiritual beings. They were not normal human beings. Nephilims are basically half man, half spirit. Alright? Nephilims are half man, half spirit. Because these divine beings were fallen angels saw the daughters of men demon and who are there, and then they produced something so these were at at this point spirits were now beginning to develop all right not develop but spread or oh, falling angels had come they were entered into man and so on and so forth i can't wait to talk about what i said on sunday the incubus and succubus because you would we will come back to the scripture when i start talking about incubus and succubus where you will understand how that let me put it aside i'll, I'll come back it. Oh. if i start i would have to finish what i'm going to say all right but not these things not these things i've not been able to give you entirely the origin of demons but I think that it gives you an idea of where all these things have come from. Is that okay? Alright. That when, There were no demons on earth until Satan was cast down. And then when he was cast down, he did not come alone. That's all I'm trying to say. He drew one third of the angels, came down with them, and then when they came, they also saw women. And then when they saw the women, slept with them, and then the product were the Nephilim, and so on and so forth. And then we are where we are. Is that clear enough? Alright. So, not these things. And this is my last point. I mean last. Sure. <laughs> Alright. Number one. It's important I end with this because you need to get this thing. Please listen to this carefully. You can't bind Satan. Praying to bind Satan or bind the devil is a useless prayer. Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Devil, I bind you. That's a useless prayer. I know you are wondering why. We are supposed to bind. Jesus said we should bind. So we are binded. But you should know what is boundable and what is not bindable. Revelation chapter 20 verse 1. Yes, whatsoever. Jesus said whatsoever. So why not? Why, why, why can't we bind Satan? So let me take you into the scriptures. Revelation chapter 20 verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the keys to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Verse 2. And he laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, which is called the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Number one thing you should know that Satan has a time when he will be bound. Until that time comes, you can't bind him. When we used to do um, deliverance in those days, we didn't know a lot of things in the scripture. So we say, "We bind Satan, we send you into the bottomless pit." It sounds very nice, but it's not, it won't happen. <laughs> it sounds very very nice and spiritual, but that that is a very wrong prayer to pray. There is a time, and there is an appointed person. Let me use the word "person" to bind Satan. Until the time comes, Satan is a free agent. He says that, and they will bind him and put him into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. And cast him into the... Okay, for a thousand years. Verse 3. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should not deceive the nations no more. And so on and so forth. So, he has a time. Remember... I've told you at this point, we are dealing with two different things. I've told you that Satan is a personality. So when you say Satan, you are talking about Satan. Is that okay? We are dealing with a person, it's a personality. The devil is a personality. Who, who is somewhere in particular? In the book of Job, when God asked him, Where have you been? He said, I've been going to and fro the earth. He didn't say we. He said, I have been going through and through. He's a person. The good news is that, let me tell you, he is not omnipotent. Satan is not omnipotent. He is not omnipresent. So Satan cannot be everywhere at the same time. It is only God who is omnipresent. Satan is not omniscient, meaning that he doesn't know everything. He's limited, but he's a person. And he is the father of all lies the commander in chief of all the demons <laughs> i hope you understand what i'm talking about all right please do you understand what i've said all right so let's go on but as a christian we can bind the works of satan so you don't pray and bind satan but you can bind his works you don't pray and destroy satan you destroy his works we destroy the works of the devil. Yesu dina yabo so awo wudi na yabo so yebese obunsam yuma ni nara obunsam yuma the works of Satan. Se yaboni jidi mwana sancheni bedi yeti Yesu dina yabo See our old time people who wrote songs they know the Bible oh. Yesudina Dina Yaboso, Awanwen Dina Yaboso, Yabese Obun Samuma Ninara, Sayabonuji Dima, Sentenibedi Yichi, Yesu Dina Yaboso. Amen. So we can bind his works, we can destroy his plans, his activities, his authority over our lives. We can break his influence over our individual lives, our families, our businesses, and etc. All in the name of Jesus. It is all in the name of Jesus. Somebody say in the name of Jesus. Come on, shout it again. Say in the name of Jesus. So from today, when we are praying, don't say, I bind you, Satan. I bind you, devil. No. Anybody's in spiritual warfare don't pray those prayers we bind activities of satan we bind the works of the devil we bind every every hold of satan we destroy it yes that's in order because that's what the devil that's what the bible gives us permission to do amen, amen. all right look chapter 9 verse 1 he called his disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils. Take note of the description. All what? So what is he talking about here? Was he referring to a personality? Was he referring to the personality of the devil? No. He was referring to the demons. That is the offsprings or the (laughs) disciples of the devil or whatever it is Mm hmm yeah to cure diseases and send them to preach and to heal their sick blah 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 so yes we have authority over them we have authority over them including the devil we have authority over him is somebody understanding what i'm talking about oh come on talk to me church Do you understand what i'm talking about Including the devil, including Satan, you have authority over him. Our authority is not in ourselves, our authority is in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we have authority over him. Is that okay? In Revelation chapter 12, he says that, and we overcame him by the blood of the lamb. We overcame him. So, in this point, he was referring to a him, he was referring to the personality, because at that point, he was talking about Satan. He says, we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Listen to me, child of God. Anybody who understands spiritual warfare understands the importance of testimony. Anytime you give a testimony, you are saying, that devil, you have lost the battle again. It's a very, very important thing. One of the things the devil does is to shut people up from saying what God has done for them. Hello? Quickly, let me go on. My time. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is like a rolling lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. I'm teaching you how to pray. Resist him. He didn't say bind him. There is nowhere in scripture where Jesus said, I "Bind the devil." We bind demons. Demons, you have to bind them and cast them out. But the devil, opener, he's reserved for a certain time. But for now, we will deal with him. When he sets his plans in motion, we will destroy it. When he orchestrates things, oh, we will scatter them. When he gathers his people together, we will scatter them by fire. But he, binding him, binding. The, the word bind is used to make something immobile. And to restrict, to put in prison, to cast in chains. And we read in Revelations chapter 20 that there is a time when he will be put in chains and then his prison is known. There is a bottomless pit where he will be put in. And the Bible says in Revelations chapter 20 that the thing has a seal and that is where he will be put. Until that time, binding resist him. Peter is teaching you that resist him in faith resist him in faith in james chapter 4 verse 7 it says submit yourselves to god resist the devil resist what is what you see is that correct yeah. resist is what what chilegbwe we resist you so i resist satan from having a hold over the people in mataiko that is a correct prayer can i hear somebody say amen any works of the Satan against your life, any works of the devil against your life, tonight, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command them to scatter. I said I command them to scatter in the name of Jesus. Come on, clap your hands and shout, scatter! Number two thing I want you to know in prayer is that you don't kill demons. Any spirit from my father's house, commenting my life i kill you in the name of jesus how do you kill a spirit <laughs> am i confusing you yeah. you don't ki- you don't kill demons sometimes we need to embrace out you don't kill spirits spirits don't die when a person dies spirit doesn't die because spirits don't die spirit tell somebody spirits don't die oh come on say it again say spirits don't die Hmm? the body will die the soul will be judged but the spirit will return to where it came from spirits don't die so demons don't die there is no record of in scripture where it talks about the death of demons. If spirits could die, oh Amen. Matthew chapter 16 and 19. This is what you do to demons. Matthew 16, 19. You bind them. Yeah. Bind them. I give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. So we bind demons. Matthew eighteen eighteen. Matthew eighteen eighteen. Quick. Hallelujah. Very very I say unto you. Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound. Whatsoever you shall lose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Verse nineteen. Nineteen. And again, I say unto you that if any two of you shall agree as touching anything on earth, it shall be done by my Father which is in heaven. Verse 20. For where two or three are guarded in my name, they are, they are missed. Blah, blah, blah. All right? So we have authority to bind. But please understand that when it came to the devil, you resist him. So we are supposed to bind. We are supposed to cast out. We are supposed to lose. We are not supposed to kill demons. We'll call him a yeah. dolphin. Bind him. Amen. on, baby. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 9 verse 42. Let's look at what Jesus did with unclean spirits or demons. Time will not permit me. I would have given you many examples of Jesus' encounter with demons. It would give you, it will help you to understand how to deal with demons. Is that okay? Yeah. Because our perfect example in prayer is Jesus. So let's see what he did to them. He says, And as he was coming, And as he was yet a coming, the devil threw him down and tear him. And Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child. So there are different, different ways by which Jesus dealt with the unclean spirits. He will rebuke them. He will cast them out. He will bind them, you know, and things like that. There are so many scriptures. Time will not permit me to go over them. But this is something I would want you to also take your time, take your Bible, go through them and do those researches but it is established that in prayer in spiritual warfare you don't bind the devil or you don't bind satan you bind his works you destroy his works and stuff like that you don't kill demons Mm? you don't kill demons and you know when it comes to witchcraft for example okay let me leave it i'll come there one of the days i'm going to talk basically on witchcraft We're going to deal with witchcraft maybe that one i may use two weeks to talk about witchcraft but let me give you this last scripture philippians chapter 2 verse 10 very very powerful scripture philippians chapter 2 verse 10 can we read it together let's read it from the screen ready go please, please, please. Let's read it together. Ready, go. Amen. The surest weapon we use in prayer is the name of Jesus. If time was on my side, I would have gotten into. Why sometimes we invoke the the blood of Jesus. It's scriptural. Sometimes we use certain elements in prayer. The fire of the Holy Spirit and things like that. These are emblems. Emblems of the Holy Spirit. Alright? There are several emblems of the Holy Spirit that we deploy in prayer and things like that. As we are led by the Spirit. Sometimes when you get into deliverance and things like that, there are times you're doing deliverance and the Holy Spirit will just lead me, maybe pour water on the person and you pour water on the person and then the spirit is gone. Sometimes you are praying and then the Holy Spirit will just lead you, pour oil and then you pour oil and then the person is delivered. There are times when you are praying for somebody and the Holy Spirit just leads you, rain fire on that spirit and command it out and then you call upon the fire of the Holy Ghost and you see that immediately the spirit comes out. So, in prayer in warfare you need to understand the rules the rules of engagement and make sure that we stay within what scripture teaches us to do it is not how dramatic your prayer topic is i hope you understand what i'm trying to say yeah because there are certain prayers that looks very very dramatic and look very very interesting like you go to a place where people are holding knives you know sit on the floor and then what are they doing you know it it looks very very dramatic isn't it have you seen some of those videos before oh talk to me how many of you have seen some of those videos before you know where they sit on the floor with knives and then by the time they finish your hand will dislocate you know why because you have some. i mean trust me it has no basis in scripture I, i hope you understand what i'm talking about At the end of the day it is not the drama around it it is the results and if you are going to get results it must be according to what the bible says i hope somebody understands what i'm talking about and that is where later on we'll talk about what you need as a prayer person in spiritual warfare because anybody engaged in spiritual warfare one of the things you need is the revelatory gifts the gift of discernment how do I even know if I'm doing deliverance for somebody or if I'm engaged in a certain battle? How do I know what spirit is in manifestation at this particular time? Huh? Gone are the days when we go for deliverance. Any, any lady who is fair, the person has a water spirit. Huh? Some of you ladies, have you suffered those faiths before? Or they, you, you go to a deliverance place with a raster. You've braided your hair at your back. Oh, you do deliverance grounds? I watch Forest. Unya do one ma? Yes, water spirit come out. <laughs> why? Because maybe you are fair. You've done your fingernails. It's not. It's not. It's not making sense. It must be by discernment There are times you need to know when a serpentine spirit is a manifestation. Sometimes you yourself you need to know that a certain spirit is activated against you, and that is why sometimes you you need to understand how dreams and stuff work sometimes as a person sometimes i can just speak it in the spirit that the spirit of accusation has been released so and i need to know it and how do i know it is somebody telling me i don't need a prophet to come and tell me that the spirit of accusation has been released i should be able to discern it and counter it by the end of these five weeks you will enter into different levels some of you your discernment will be sharper than ever before Come on, clap your hands and shout a big amen. Some of you, by the end of these five weeks, you, you, will be, you will be operating on a different level. When they come underground, you meet them there. When they come by the air, you meet them there. When they come through the mountain, you meet them there. You will not miss your target in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody, clap your hands and shout a big amen. somebody blessed tonight are you sure you are blessed tonight do you do you understand what i've taught so far all right now this is what i'm going to do this week or the next five weeks if you have any question on any of the things i teach write them down and give it to the resident pastor before we come to the service on on the next wednesday so that i can take maybe some five minutes or ten minutes to address them if i just open the floor for questions like that it may get overwhelming but i still would like to know just in case you have anything if you have something to do with something we are here to treat don't bring questions on them yet but on what i've taught so far maybe you can do so so that we can all grow together god bless you in jesus name Stand to your feet, let's pray. Stand to your feet, let's pray. Open your mouth and sing it. and sing it. Hallelujah, diye ka, buyo kwatre buyam ye, buyam ye diye ka, na cheye ka, diye ka nda diye ka, buyo kwatre buyam ye, awira